Hey guys, I'm Natalie Jelani. And I'm Heidi Bollard. And welcome to The Butter Dish. Okay, so I'm not going to lie. I'm totally currently fangirling super hard right now. Same. Because we have Michaela North on today. And I know for those of I don't even know how you guys don't know who she is, which just feels like very, like, how do you not know? <laughs> but she's on Instagram as Hungry Fitness. But let me tell you why. Like, I freaking geek out on Michaela North. Okay. First of all, she's probably like the most realist humans on the planet, but. And she's gorgeous. And she's gorgeous. And she's like a super phenom, but. Which is funny. You know that like we have been crossfitting for almost four years and I remember coming across her and like figuring out how real she was. But then I like saw her heading that she was part of a team that be CrossFit Mayhem. So like for those of you who are not <laughs> CrossFit knowledge at all, let me just give you a little bit of context. So it's like literally like Michael Phelps in the Olympics. Let's just say he's been doing it for like 10 years. And like one guy comes in and like beats him one year and like Michael Phelps gets silver <laughs> and this guy gets gold. Like that's literally what Michaela North was a part of. Like CrossFit Mayhem Freedom is pretty much like the team to watch every single year at the games. Retroning's a babe. He's also fun to watch. But... <laughs> But they did this. And so I'm super excited to talk to her and have you guys share this conversation because there's a bunch of things that like, not only do I want to know and learn for the first time, but I think it'd be beneficial for you guys because what I would love to hear is like, you know, as someone who's been at literally like the top of her fitness game, like I don't know anybody who's probably been in this level and caliber, but she also has four kids Mm -hmm. and she has a business and she's also had babies in between this fitness, like extravaganza Extravaganza. yeah (laughs) and so for those of you who maybe have been wondering like either you're scared to have a family because you're maybe at the top of your game or is my fitness going to be the same afterwards Mm -hmm. or what does it even take to be this level of like athlete all the things so so many things you're basically going to be sitting in on uh natalie fangirling moment (laughs) and you can hear it all and i will probably be so ridiculous so just a heads up hopefully i hope you still like me afterwards (laughs) (laughs) always always Okay, Michaela North, without further ado, tell us about you. Gosh, that was uh, a... No pressure. (laughs) I don't know if I can match that. Um, Yeah, you guys, mom of four, probably not nearly as cool as Natalie just said. And... Currently, I yeah, that's a cool thing to say, by the way. (laughs) Yet another cool thing about her. (laughs) Um, I've been in the CrossFit world for over a decade, nutrition coaching for that same amount of time. Uh, currently, Hungry Fitness isn't just me, so we do one on one coaching for clients in nutrition and fitness. And then I have an amazing team, which I feel so lucky to have of five coaches, um, that are incredible. So we do one-on-one coaching. We do quarterly challenges. I do subscription programming and kind of, uh, as far as my fitness goes, I'm just kind of doing what sounds like fun these days. Since the games in 2017, uh, I found out the week after that I was pregnant with my fourth and so I- you literally did the games pregnant. Without even knowing. I Okay. Okay. You are a freaking unicorn. Yeah. Seriously. Oh, hold on. Uh, I don't think you're, prove you're real. Yeah. Prove seriously. It. Can you like, <laughs> like draw some blood real quick on screen? So I can- think it's more I'm lucky. Like I don't get sick when I'm, I, I, and I certainly would not have planned it that way. I actually got pregnant with her, you guys on day 26 of my cycle. Like I just had like a random ovulated two weeks late. So I was like, oh, I know that CrossFit, you know, we got the games next month, but it's no big deal because, or in two months or whatever, because 
I'm starting my period tomorrow. I can tell. <laughs> no, it was just late ovulation. So anyways, it was really random that I got pregnant with her. So I wasn't worried about being pregnant. And when I missed my period the week before the games, I just thought it was because we we're, you know, deloading, yeah. traveling, whatever. Uh, so luckily the only symptom I really get when I'm pregnant is like tired. I get really tired. Oh, I thought so, you were going to say I'm amazing at box jump. <laughs> okay. If I like, if no. I can't clear like a 36 box jump, then I know that I'm, I'm pregnant. <laughs> but so luckily, like I wouldn't have realized I was tired anyways. So it wasn't until the week after that I was like, Hey, I never actually got my period. I should probably look into that. And so a little Scotty, she was Aww. in the belly, just barely, but yeah, so I got, I got pregnant, um, and just like switched from winning the games right into like, Oh, we're having a fourth kid. Okay. Mode. And I think since, I don't know, like since I started CrossFit, I wanted to compete so bad. And like, I've competed really my whole life. I like identify as a competitor. Um, and this is kind of the first time in my life that I I'm not, although, you know, that'll probably change. Who knows? I get excited about signing up for any type of challenge, but masters, masters, masters. (laughs) we'll see. But I, uh, and I think just, you know, so since the beginning, I, I just, you know, I kept getting, I got pregnant, got pregnant. So like in between pregnancies, I wanted to compete. I had all these goals. And then that last time we wanted to, we teamed up to go to the games and finishing like that whole season couldn't have been better. Our group was so much fun. We just like, when I think back on winning the games, I think the biggest part for me is like the season, right. Training together every day, like joking together, those hard moments we had and like building each other up. And, and then the cherry on top was the podium finish, um, and the whole experience. Um, so then when I was pregnant with Scotty, like I, I think I still always would love to compete as an individual, but really like the cool thing about going on a team is it lives on forever. Whereas like you win the games, like that's cool. Everyone thinks that's exciting, but like people don't really want to talk to you about it for that long. Like, Hey, remember that? But like on the team, like we'll still like message each other about different things and stuff. And it's so fun because it just lives on way longer. And cause it's that group experience. And so I don't know. Uh, so I yeah. have a question about that. Cause I would love to just rewind like just a hair. So like yeah. you're, you're crossfitting, you're enjoying it. Where does this come to this point where you're like, I'm actually pretty good at this. And I kind of want to take this into like the games. I mean, we've done the open before and the open is super fun, but you are competing against literally the entire world. And so your skewed perspective of like how good you are in your own career yeah. versus like how you are against the entire world is different. Or even like you and like the, the time you show up, like your class, you yes, know exactly. what I mean? Like you right. forget yeah, about like the 21 year old 5 PM crew. They're terrifying. Yeah. And then you see them on the whiteboard yeah. and you're like, oh, so maybe like I am not as cool as I think I am. But I guess my question would be is like, especially for and I know you have this when you coach with one-on-one too. It's like, how do you have, I would love to know your thought process of like, when people figure out like, Hey, this might be possible for me. Like what kind of like process did that come? Cause I mean, obviously to like, you obviously had to have done well in the open, right. To like, know that like, Hey, I can be a caliber of athlete that actually could be eligible for the games. And then there's the process of actually believing it. Right. And actually like putting the work in, like we have a guy at our gym right now. He's, um, 
testing for Wadapalooza. And it's been so interesting to see like the level of training he does that he's decided to do for himself, right? It's not just like a normal Metcon. Like yeah. he right. has, he's doing Matt Frazier's programming and we look at the whiteboard that he has written up every single day and we're like, that's super cute. That oh you, my gosh. That you're I doing know. all that. Seriously. So it's, it's like, like how do you, like, tell us a little bit about like when you actually start thinking like, no, actually I want to try this. I believe that I can do this. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, it definitely evolved. So I ran track and field for Weber State. Um, and so I did that for four years. And I remember like the conference championships my senior year, I was like, oh, I actually had someone come and scout me at, I think it was at that meet, um, wanting to know if I wanted to like try out for the US uh, bobsled team. Like they have a team. No in- way. And I remember thinking like, yeah, right. I would never try out for something like that. I'm so done competing. Um, like, I just want to take a break and not worry about goal setting. And it was funny. I just like, it was the furthest thing I could think of from sounding like fun to me at the time. Yeah, it is kind of random, but isn't that what Tia Clinton is doing? Yeah, it's like there's some, I guess there's a lot of crossover. Cool Runnings is my only context for bobsledding. I think they were looking at like long jumpers. I was long jumping at the time. That's when he approached me and like that speed and power, you know, so I could see that carryover. Now looking back, I'm like, dang, I should have done that. That would have been such a cool experience. But at the time I was like, Olympics. okay, you're a unicorn. I'm just going to say it right now. Okay. keep. I don't don't mean, who knows? I would have tried out like, who knows how, where it would have taken me, but I, I was so done. I was so burned out, right. Of Mm -hmm. training and competing and been four years and my whole life's revolved around that. And then I think it was, gosh, so that was spring. And then it was the following spring. Like I kind of dabbled in what do I want to do for exercise after college? Like I didn't really know what that looked like for just not being an athlete anymore. And then of course my friend was like, my husband's doing this CrossFit thing. If you want to come, he was kind of trying to do at Wasatch CrossFit. He was kind of trying to start one at the university. So I went on a Saturday for a free workout and it was like kettlebell swings running. I can't remember what else, you know, some, some other things. Um, but it was so fun. I, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like track and field, but way more variety and, and weightlifting involved, like incorporated, which is what I am already. That's something I'm talented at is weightlifting. And, and I love it. So I was like, what is this? This is way cooler than the, you know, machines I was doing over at the like fitness center with the freaking cardio room. Yeah. Like I feel like an athlete, but, uh, there's variety and it's so fun. And so I asked him like, how can I come do this again? He's like, well, you know, you, you can pay for a membership or we have a team. So if you make the team, we're doing trials this week. If you make the team, then you can, you can come for free. And so I was like, day one, I was like, oh yeah, I want to do that. And so I went to Wasatch and did like, I don't even know, it was like a little unofficial team tryout. And this was in 20, gosh, 2000. 12 or 11 12. And, um, so it was that summer. So I tried out for the team and it happened to be like, okay, so think track and field athlete, right. And like power speed, I did the hurdles and long jump. So we did the, the team tryout was like 200 meter run box jumps, wall balls, and kettlebell swings or something. So it's like everything I'm I'm good at. I like, I felt just like, yes, I'm born for this. (laughs) And no gymnastics, you know, no long distance running. Um, And so and then I saw the box and like, was like, what, what is this? I've never heard of this before. Uh, And 
And so immediately fell in love at the time I was working at an ad agency um, in business marketing. Like I was an account manager and I very quickly, was like, okay, I want to do this. I never knew I could do fitness for, you know, my career. I just thought it was like a way to get me through college. And, um, so really quickly set into motion, like how to get, I got certified, uh, and then was like, I'm going to compete. This is so fun. So Fast forward six months later, I had quit my job, was working at the CrossFit gym, coaching um, and and training to compete just from the very beginning. What that looked like, though, like I still didn't really know what competing was and I just knew I loved it. And so I we had the first open and I qualified as an individual. And that was when I don't know if you guys were competing them, but they had the snatch ladder. So it was like just the. You just keep adding until you, you keep adding and adding, which oh was gosh. like, if I could have a lift, it was the snatch. So I, that was really fun. And then there what was, did you get to, do you remember? I, I think I was me and Lindsay Valenzuela were like the top, uh, one of the top ones of that. So like, I, I didn't really know anything. And that was, that was so fun to just, oh, be okay. Like, but what did you get? You probably got like 150 yeah, snatch or something. It's, all, it's somewhere on YouTube, which is probably really embarrassing. If I rewatch it, I can't even remember what my score was now, but I, I know I made it to the top weight. I, gosh, it's so long ago. Guys. It's okay. <laughs> We're really impressive uh, on the she's details. Like, she's like, that was like a hundred yeah. pounds on my snatch ago. Um, <laughs> weight was, I can't remember. Okay. So just like sidebar, what is your max snatch? Your snatch PR? 100 pounds. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. just going to not let that get in my head since tomorrow we're testing one rep max snatches tomorrow at the gym. Oh, it's fine. It's like not even in my I mean, head. This is like, it's like saying like, yeah, you expect me to do like quantum physics tomorrow. Like that's about as possible. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. Uh, like I said, we're going to have yeah, to. Yeah, oh, we can't help it. We're just have to just get our little like verbal diarrhea in every now and then. Right, if I snatched today, it would not be 200 pounds. Though. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'd be like 180. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I haven't snatched in, in months, but I, uh, then, you know, we had like the seven minutes of burpees was after that. So it was, that was when I was like, you know, I don't know you guys remember first learning burpees. I would like jump into a squat and then jump up to hit the target. So it was like double the amount of work. I like had no clue what I was doing on burpees. Now, I mean, I can do an efficient burpee to save some. Yeah. Like, I know doing do burpees that other way would take years off my life <laughs> for being like are your quads cramping but uh so that was my first open I qualified as an individual but I didn't know what regionals really was and so I went team um we we took I think it was that was when top three went we ended up in fifth so we barely missed it but I learned like oh this is regionals this looks like a lot of fun I really like this I want to do this and I want to do it um, at a higher level, like, and I heard about the games and, um, realized we had just missed going to the games. And so I, uh, if I would have fixed my burpees, we would have been going. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then I was like, gosh, I want to do individual instead. Like, what do I want to do? And so, um, but then of course, so that was what may, uh, so by October I got found out I was pregnant with twins. And so the next season I just watched everyone compete and was like, okay, I'm next year. I'm going to, I want to qualify for nationals and weightlifting. I want to qualify as an individual and go to regionals. That was my goal. So that's like, right. You know, when I had the twins, I set out to do that and did that, but I was pregnant with Jack at the time. I didn't know. So I, you know, had a great experience and loved it and then went right into like 
I had Jack that next December. So then I, um, didn't do that. I just did that open for fun in February or whatever. And then the next open, I was like, okay, I want to qualify for regionals. It was the super regionals. And so I didn't know if I would be ready. Um, but I ended up qualifying and I got to that regionals and, and did so much. I just trained kind of on my own that year. I did comp train, like just follow those workouts. I really loved them. And I made it to regionals and like every workout, I just kept doing way better than I thought I would. And that was in 2016. And I, uh, I did make the podium <laughs> Well, I was tied for second going into the last event and it was, um, thrusters and legless rope climbs. And I got flustered, like thinking I didn't have a coach, you know? So I was like, I think right before the event, I was so nervous. If I had just finished the event, I would have podiumed and gone to the games. But I was like, didn't, I just didn't know, like, what am I supposed to do? How's it, you know, I wasn't expecting to be where I'm at, like all the nerves of a beginner and my husband, not to blame him, but he's like, he's like going and win, you know, he's just like a, so competitive. He's like, just go win it. Like he, you know, I think he thought that would like hype me up and it sent me into like an anxiety, like, like, I don't, you know, so I went out guns blazing on that one. And, and my last rope climb, I jumped up too soon. May, I, I think my legs grabbed at the same time as my hands coming off of it. And I didn't know you're like in a, oh. you know, and so I just knew I had a no rep. And so then I went again and I went again and I went again, I just couldn't wait. And then I ended up not finishing the workout. So, uh, Anyways, they ended up giving me the rep and I podiumed and then there was a bunch of backlash and they didn't give me the rep. And they told me after, like, I actually couldn't go to the game. So it was like, so dramatic. (laughs) I don't care. I just want to go home. I almost missed my flight home. It was really stressful, but what it did tell me was that, oh, like that was the moment I realized, like, all I had to do was just finish that event. I got in my head and like, I didn't do what I you know, had I known kind of a little bit more on how the points worked and had maybe had a little bit of coaching in that at that regionals, it definitely would help the mental side. But it it made me realize in that moment, like I'm capable of competing at the games. Like I'm I'm capable of competing at that high level. And I hadn't realized it before. It always been a goal of mine, but the games felt so like out of reach with just pregnancies. And, and I didn't, you know, know where I was at in comparison. Cause it, I was kind of in and out so much with that. Um, so it hit me then. And then the down, like the feelings of like, okay, I got to come back. I, this is not where I want to finish things. And at that same regionals, um, Adrian and Brennan and Tiffany and Mandy all kind of had had upsetting finishes that they had felt like I, you know, want to do more than that. And I can, I'm capable of more than that. And so after that, the conversations just started between all of us and like, all right, let's maybe let's go team. And so that's kind of what spurred oh it. Gosh. And, and you freaking yeah. manifested it. All yeah. of you guys. So, it's amazing. So how, so how did you manage to do all this and have three kids, like little kids yeah. too? It's not even like you had three teenagers that were self-sufficient. Yeah. I mean, pros and cons, right? So my kids, the con was I had three kids within 17 months. So at that <laughs> time, Jack was about a year and a half and the twins were like, three or maybe a little bit younger. I'm not sure in that range, they were all really little. So they were all at the stage of on the hard side, like they needed a lot, like they're all in diapers, you know, they're all doing the nap schedule and all those things. But on the plus side, I 
couldn't really have much of a life outside of that. <laughs> uh, like the only places I could really take them was like Costco where they could all fit in the grocery cart or two grocery carts usually, or, um, the CrossFit gym and not even the gym that the CrossFit gym, cause I could pull right up to the door and make like three trips to bring them all in with their car seats and all that stuff. Like I couldn't have done that at a gold's gym. Right. Right. And, um, so it kind of like, gave me purpose. I think in that period of time, that was really hard. I had something I was so excited about outside of motherhood. Um, and then the schedule of having babies like nap times, early bedtimes, um, we just got into a routine and it really just worked. Like I would go work out. If I had two sessions in the day, I'd go work out early morning. Craig was flexible. He could feed them um, breakfast. And then I would come, you know, and work, take them to the gym, usually like at nine or 10 and we would do the childcare or we'd go at four 30. We had to childcare hour then. And I do my second session and then just, you know, lunch, play naps. That was like my life. Now is your <laughs> oh husband gosh. a CrossFitter as well? So he started out with me and he okay. did team the first year and he did team the second year. And oh, then okay. so that- you guys are a bunch of phenoms. Okay. Power couple, <laughs> yeah. like on so, on the highest level. I mean, he, he, he played football, uh, childhood and in college. So that's how we met was that we were saying oh, wow. football, but he had a shoulder injury. So when his second year, there was like a handstand walk and he, he'd never done that before. And he went to go out of it and just like landed, you know, like, oh. like bad, <laughs> like, and it jacked up his shoulder even more. And so after that, like, any shoulder stuff really bugged him. So he kind of switched over as I got really more serious into it. He switched over to more bodybuilding and, and still, and does that today. Like, I think he would have loved to, to compete, but the shoulder thing was, you know, CrossFit yeah. shoulders. Like you can't no, note to self, no handstand walk. Yeah. Okay. Done. Uh, <laughs> Nailed it. You know, a surgery prior on that shoulder and then handstand walk and land like that. So he is good now, but he kind of stopped competing at that time. Cause it was just like, it hurt way too bad. Totally. Okay. So fast forward to like, you guys are like qualifying and now what? So when we qualified for the games yes. as a team. Yeah. So when we started training day one, it was like, okay, if we're going to do this, like we want to go to the games. And then it was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we want to win the games. And <laughs> I think that that was in all of our minds. Like that was the goal. I think it was a little scary to say that maybe, but sure. that was the goal. And then of course, uh, I think it was Mike Casio. So brute strength at the time was we were, um, all training together. And then we were, Nick was coaching us for some of our workouts and stuff. And, and then, so we were like sponsored by brew. And so Mike put out, I can't remember what it was, beat the mayhem or stop the mayhem or something like how we, he like put it out there to joke around. And so that started all kinds of drama. And then it was like, okay, well it's out there. So we got to just own it. Like that's our goal. And also really no matter what the chances are, like, if you're not setting your, if you're, if the goal isn't to win, like you're selling yourself short. Cause well, really, absolutely. You can't yeah. exceed your own self-concept. So it's like, if you don't believe you can win, like the chances of you winning. Are yeah, good. Happen. So you have to believe it at first. Like, yes. even so I think, so we just, so at that point we're like, all right, well, it's out there and we better own it. And so we really, uh, spent the season like prepping to win the games, whether or not we coolest thing I've ever heard in my life, the season prepping to win the games. So she's the queen of manifestation. She's Louise. That's so freaking cool. For sure. And that helped. And, and then, and then I think when we went to regionals and like saw how we did, and then 
um, that, that also kind of solidified like, oh, we're doing pretty good. And we could kind of compare like how we were doing to the other teams at their regionals and stuff. So kind of across the board, that was like the first time we really saw how we compared. And I think that helped give us some confidence too. And then, uh, one thing that we did know, I think, always like one thing we really knew that we were good at was communication and like hard work. Like if there's, if there's a workout that comes down to grit, like we knew we, we will win that one. We are confident in that. And I think at the games, like there's a lot of variables, um, and communication is huge. It was, it was huge. So like seeing teams fall apart, they weren't communicating, like getting mad at each other and stuff. Um, that was, you know, I just, and Adrian did such a good job of that too. He was such a good leader as far as as far as like calling out reps, like, and, and I think we just, I don't know, we had such a, we, we just had such a magical team. Like we all supported each other really well. And it was, there was no, like, you're not doing enough. It was just always like, how can I help this person? And I think uh, we just got lucky. We had really great individuals on the team that were, I think just, yeah, just a lot of, That's so awesome. Now, from like a comparison game, because obviously, you know, women were really great at that. How did it feel to literally be there at the games with literally like the best women on the planet? Like, did it get in your head at all? Or were you like, I got to stay in my own lane? Like, like, I want to, I'm curious, like talk, walk me through that. And especially even like the mayhem girls, right? Because it's like, they're slated. You know, obviously you always have like a fan favorite, right? Yeah. I think, I think just since I've competed my whole life, like I'm so good at putting my blinders on when I get out onto the floor. Like you can't, if you're, if you're, I mean, I have lost races for that reason. Right. Like <laughs> it's crazy when you see the athletes looking, you're like, Oh, you don't do it. Don't do don't it. Do it. Yeah. As, as you compare you've lost, like I've had, you know, my hurdle. Uh, like, wow. As soon as you compare you've lost, everyone needs to internalize that. For yeah. Like seriously. Second. Pause buffer. Okay. Think I, about it like championship races for looking to see where my competitors are at or like worrying about where I fell within the heat. And so that's something I I have had to learn the hard way for sure. And I think, and the cool thing is too, um, of the six of us, five of us, gosh, now I'm blanking. Brennan's going to kill me. I'm blanking on if he did collegiate athletics or not. At least four of us were college athletes. So I think that like level of experience you get on the mindset side makes totally. a huge difference. Like when I get out on the competition floor, like I feel like peaceful. Like I feel like, Oh, this is it. You know, it's all the before that you kind of feel that. But once like it's three, two, one, I feel just that calm sense. And that, that calm sense happens from just all the years of dealing with the anxiety, you know, and like learning how to manage it. And so Thank you for saying, learn how to manage it instead of like, it goes away. No, It's easy. Yeah, no, it doesn't. You just allow it. And also at the same time, know you're okay. Yes. I think in high school, I remember like my, my mom is a therapist. And so she, you know, she was always like trying to help me on the mindset. She's not really into sports, but she loves like mindset stuff. So she was always trying to help me. And before my track races, like individual sports are so scary, you know, like, and so intense. And so I remember feeling like all the busy energy and nerves. And once I recognize like, that's good. Like that means your body is ready to do something big. Mm. And so I, I I was just telling like some younger track athletes this the other day, like I'll even still, and even in, you know, my adulthood with CrossFit, like I would just visualize all that, all the nerves, like as frantic energy and like 
visualize myself gathering all of it yep. to like my belly, like, where's it going to propel me forward and track? I would always gather it to like my back. Like it's going to push me, push me really fast in my race. And, but like, if you can harness that, then it feels like, Oh, this is, this is like going to help me. This is going to allow me to do something big right now. And it feels con- like I have control and it feels centered versus like just frantic. Right. And so oh my I- gosh, brilliant. Yes. It's like when people say like, what's the difference between being excited and nervous? You're like, you know, your body doesn't know the difference or whatever. It's like, yeah, your, your brain does. So it's like reframing that is so huge. Learning that is huge. Like visualization, like visualizing that energy kind of scattered and then pulling it in and like, okay, I've got this, like I'm ready. And I like, I just, I love doing that. So I think all of us had had experience with that. And then, and then on the team side too, if you are nervous or you're comparing, like your team quickly brings you back to, this is where we're at. This, like, if you're nervous, like someone's confident on the team, someone's going to build, you know, we always kind of felt ready to, someone was always ready to inspire. Well, and that's so interesting how you've like, you've mentioned that several times of just like really supporting each other and like paying, you know, instead of looking for what's wrong, looking for what's right. And like all of that, like that teamwork spirit. I mean, even on a physiological level, like nervous system to nervous system, you really can help co-regulate or ground someone else. If you, you know, that's such a gift. That is like the ultimate teamwork. Of- it's so interesting how you even like, you're talking about you know, your first individual and how like, if you would have had a coach, like it would have felt a lot more yep. like realistic for you. And I think it's interesting as the three of us are like coaching him. I'm also realizing Heidi and my codependency relationship because we it's really fine. have to like do everything it's together. It's like disassociating but this as is, long as it's intentional. But I, but We're also, intentionally codependent. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> as I feel like fully validated, like, see, we have to be on a team. We have to be on a team. We have to be on a team. Yeah. Um, we can't be individual, but it's Even so true though. Coaching, Like I love having my team. Like it, it makes such a big difference when you have that collective energy and passion in something. Totally. And the support. So it's like amazing when people really want to do it on their own or they think that they should do it on their own. It's like coaches and like, oh yeah, like other people in your corner automatically make you more successful. 100%. (laughs) And I think you guys have probably experienced this too in coaching. Like we work with, even in like nutrition coaching, we work with a lot of nutrition coaches because I think when you are a coach, you value a coach right? and you value, I think. And also if you, if you are a coach, you value having a coach, but then you also, you, you know, that you can like, you're worth it. You're worth investing in, you're worth hiring that coach. You're worth, and getting that help and support. And you know, that that's going to benefit you and you can, you can, you know, rationalize that. And I think with me and CrossFit, like, I just didn't know, I didn't really know. I was just so new to it. So I learned so much from that experience, but, um, yeah, the value of a coach, like any area of my life that I want to excel at, I am all about like finding a coach because, I have like six. She's always like trying to like, you you do kind of have, I hired another coach (laughs) on a conference call, please. That would be really helpful. So you're all on the same page. (laughs) If you want to compare notes and like DM each other about me, that's great. But it's like people, if you're coaching, you're probably in your zone of genius, right? So it's like from an ADHD standpoint, I'm like, give me the cliff notes. And like, you know, just like, and then they're so familiar with like the stressful thoughts. I mean, at this point, like nutrition coaching is such a gift for your, for 
getting clear on your own baggage because you start to realize how many of us have the same stressful thoughts. It's like all comes down to, you know, everything comes down to mindset, of course, but yeah. So I, going back, I'm curious about this as a woman, as a mom, you know, with, you know, it's great that you have the blinders on, on the field at the, you know, at these competitions, but did you feel a lot of pressure to get your body back after pregnancy? You know, the first time, um, when I had the twins, gosh, I don't know if I felt pressure. I was just really motivated. Like I was really, and I don't even know if it was to get my body back, but more so I was really motivated to compete. Um, and so that meant, yeah, getting my fitness level back. Um, but then also my body changed a lot with that pregnancy. Like I had really separated abs, like eight centimeters separated. And I had an umbilical hernia that, um, needed to be repaired. Like right after I had them, it was so bad. And so I, I was, I was definitely battling body image things like what, um, now my belly is like pooched out because it's separated. And then I also have, you know, all these things I don't know anything about like diastasis recti at the time, there wasn't really any information about it. I like joined a Facebook group and was trying to figure things out. And, and it was kind of like the only really, uh, what's the word advice at the time was to like wear an abdominal binder to help encourage your abs to close. Oh, wow. To do nothing like walk, walk and breathe. And I was like, well, I'm trying to go to the CrossFit game. So So I just like, I did the binder thing for a while and then just ignored the rest. I was like, I just, am going to figure out something else. I'll worry about that later. I don't have time to worry about that. And luckily I, Uh, I think CrossFit did help me in a lot of ways with getting strong, like strengthening. And so I was able to manage that throughout like subsequent pregnancies and with competing, but um, I definitely was compensating kind of throughout that process with, with it. And so I, after Scotty, I, I got that repaired and I feel way better having my abs like closed. Uh, Yeah. But sounds incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, but I wanted to compete and I, and I also wanted more babies. So I was like, I can't really think about that until I'm done with that stage of my life. Um, but then as far as getting my body back, um, on the, I think I, the first pregnant, after my first pregnancy, um, it's just so new and you just don't know, you don't know what your body's going to be like, or look like, or act, you know, be capable of after having a baby. And it's, that can be really scary. And then, you know, months later, like once you get on the other side of that and you just get back into your regular consistency of whether that's workouts or diet, just like your regular life again, like you see your body does come back. It's never back to what it was before, but you can be just as strong again, or, you know, feel just as confident in your skin and and it just looks different. And so on my next two pregnancies, I definitely didn't feel that pressure. Like I was like, Oh, I've done that before. And it's not, you know, I was way more relaxed about it with each one. Um, and then it was cool. It's all, I always love talking to new moms too. Cause I, I can relate. Like, I understand how that can be really scary. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never going to be myself again. And it's not that you want to lose 20 pounds to be yourself again, but you just don't feel like your body is almost foreign in that. Post- oh, 
I totally 100% agree. I actually just like wrote a note while you were talking because that's 100% it. Like, I think the stressful thought is I got to get my body back when it's like, we, we can never, we can never go back and we wouldn't even really want to. Can you imagine like the horror of going back to like 22 years old right now? But what you're missing is that connection to your body, feeling at home in your body, feeling safe, familiar, all those things. Cause it does kind of, I don't know, for me, it was like pregnancy was kind of an, it was, it was odd. It's like, yeah, you just, I, I mean, it, people will make flippant remarks about how it's kind of like having a parasite a little bit because it like stealing resources and stuff like that. But you do kind of enter into sort of like body dysmorphia of like, I don't, you know, this is just so weird. Like I look so different to myself and then kind of reestablishing that connection and feeling with all of the different changes and I'm trying not to think of a gross word like oozing, but like all the things that change afterwards, I, I you like, know? I feel like pregnancy for me, though, was such a way of avoidance, though. It's, I mean, that sounds really awful, and I'm not trying to, like, minimize the joy of my children, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, every between every baby, and I've had five, it was, like, you never had to, like, return to the spot. Like, I, I think what's so interesting and so cool about it, Michaela, you had a goal in mind. You mentioned, like, something you wanted something valuable outside of motherhood. And I think that so many women miss that. They miss the miss the piece of like instead of, oh, they think they just assume like you have a baby, then you become a mother. And like then all your interests that should be totally fulfilling. And, and that's fulfilling. Just like and that's weight, losing weight should totally fulfill you. Exactly. You know? And it's like people just start kind of like avoiding their own personal goals and desires where I love that you were like, no, I always have this goal. It's I'm fitting kids in between this goal for sure. <laughs> but it's like this overarching thing for Michaela. Like it was like, the games are for me. Like I need to do this for me and, and the confidence that it takes to like get back in and like make it work with your schedule and bring your babies, your three babies into a CrossFit gym because you want to attain this. Like, I think sometimes women miss that. And I felt like that was for me with my pregnancies. It was like, don't ever try to lose weight too, too hard because you're gonna have another baby. Mm. And then kind of like, you know, for a decade, it was kind of like, you're just this body that has these babies and yeah, you kind of bounce back a little bit, but like your purpose is to be a mother this is the age of life you're at. You're married, like have. And then when I was done having Finn, then it was like, oh crap, I have no excuses anymore. There was never the like, I'm going to get pregnant again. So I don't have to worry about my body as much or, you know, yeah. and, or like, you know, you would do a little bit of a diet, but then you're like, ah, oh, but I'm going to have a baby again soon. And I want him to be like two years apart ish, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so the excuses like built up for me on reasons why I couldn't have my goals or didn't want to even actually think about goals, forget even having them, like just even entertaining them. Or I love that you kind of almost planned your goals outside of motherhood. And then we're able to like realistically, like put them into place. So that way, like your needs and your emotional space and your identity as a person was like met versus yeah. just like surrendering to, into motherhood and like letting yourself be almost like a hate to say it, like a victim of it. Like, I think a lot of women are like, well, I've had a bunch of kids. It's like, okay, yeah. But also you're still, you still got like 60 more years mm -hmm. or 50, 80, 70 or 80 more years to live. Like mm -hmm. what, what do you want outside of it too? Well, totally. And if you don't know the answer to that, it's easy to start kind of like living through your kids and stuff like that. But yeah, to know, to know what you want, I think is a huge um, step forward for, for a lot of women, even at, yeah. even at our age. I think that was uh, that like always from the beginning was something that I felt really passionate about. And it, I don't know, I feel really passionate about showing women that they can like, they have their own purpose and they can, they can own that. And, and it's an in, even through motherhood and in motherhood and like your kids are going to be inspired by that. And yes, so it makes you a better mother to be more of who you are. Yes. 
mirror by any means. No. And I feel like too, for me, like I could have, and there were times where, you know, like when I started CrossFit, I was competing and I was watching these other women and then they, they went on to continue with their CrossFit careers when I was having babies and then coming back, babies coming back. Babies. And so it was sometimes that was hard to know, like, I'm never going to be at the level that I could have been had I not chosen to have these kids in my prime, like with CrossFit. Um, but then on the other side of that, it was like, okay, no, like I never, without a doubt, like I knew from the very beginning, really, like I want to be a mom and I want to have kids, but I also want to compete. And so like, I'm going to make it work in the way that it has to work for me. And that might mean, no, I don't get to be at the level, like I had hoped for in CrossFit, but I can still do my best. Yep. So I think that clarity allows you to feel so much contentment and so much satisfaction, right? You're clear on like, um, you know, like we, we've referenced it a ton, but just like the cost of being lean is like a phrase we use a lot when you see what it, when you see what it takes or like the level of training that you have to dedicate yourself to. I mean, it's not, it's easy to like your ego. It can really reduce that down to like, um, like not like, like not wanting, like minimizing the effort. Right. And just like, you should be able to do this. You should be further along. You should, you know, it shouldn't be so hard. Well, what was so cool, like full circle. I think the podium taught you that that wasn't the case. Like, I know it's not the circumstance for everybody. Like not everybody's going to like accidentally win the, actually actually win the CrossFit games team, but you having babies and you not saying like, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to put my life on hold because I want this. You were able to have it. Like you had it yeah, and had your babies. And it's like, I think women don't think that they think that everything has to be like a trade-off. Like if I want to be married or I want to have babies or I want to have goals, like something, you know, that's just amount of sacrifice involved and amount of like dedication involved, but you can have it all without like the excuses of just like, well, I'm old now. Like I think about how many people are like, well, and when I'm 40, I'm too old to do this now. It's like, says who? Well, people say like, you can have it all, but you can't have it all at the same time. Right. But like, if you, if you're, if your focus is on what you're giving up and what you're losing when you don't have and what you, what you're not anymore, that's going to be one experience as opposed to like, you know, we always joke about like, if you can't currently PR it, is it really your PR? (laughs) It's like, yeah, it is right. Like you, whether or not your current fitness level reflects it, like you freaking won the games. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point. Like we so often set, put ceilings, you know, on ourselves on like what, what's, what we're capable of. And I think it's both like, it's, it's recognizing that, okay, like I'm, I chose to be a mom. And I, so I, the reality of it is I have a lot to do after, you know, when it postpartum to like get back to that level of fitness, it's going to be really hard, but that doesn't mean I can't still do really big things and do my very best. Like, I don't know what that's going to look like. So to just choose not to do it would be really sad because I, want to have another baby, or I don't think I'm going to compare to the people that haven't just had a baby. Um, because I would have never experienced all the things that I did, but then I think, I don't know, it's easy to set limits on like what, what we're capable of or what we can achieve just based on what we've seen, but of other people. So if like someone hasn't shown that to us, like I hadn't seen other women really getting pregnant and competing. Um, so it could have been really easy for me to say that's not possible, but now there's lots of women that are getting pregnant and like coming back and competing. And so I think it's cool. It's so cool to see that. And they're probably inspiring other women to know, like I can do athletic endeavors or what, or pursuing a career that they're really passionate about or whatever it is. 
it's, and I love that you're too humble to know that you were a part of that shift. Like you set that precedent for other women as well. Absolutely. Like I, I, I thought of you, it's interesting. Like, you know, Annie Thoris daughter, obviously like just had a baby and it's been really interesting reading her thought process about how like, you know, she was this very decorated games athlete for a long time. And then she's like, I just didn't, you know, this time when I went into the games, I was like, well, you had a baby. Like, you know, she just, she felt totally defeated by it. Like it was almost like, and then all these girls who haven't had kids, kind of like what you were saying earlier. And then what she went and had like her yes. PR snatch and she <laughs> podiumed again for the first time. And it was just like, it, what was so cool about watching that was like, I wish people wouldn't make motherhood like the nail in the coffin. <laughs> like, yeah. Or like having babies is like, oh, well, and that's it. Like your identity is gone. Your whole life is meant to be sacrificed for your children. Right. And I will tell you that the more selfish Heidi and I got about our time and our energy around our personal goals, the better mothers we became. Mm-hmm. When we said, no, like we're going to wake up at 4.45 in the morning because it is important for us to go to CrossFit or to the gym in the morning. And I make that a priority and my kids know that's a priority. I don't have to feel bad about that. Mm -hmm. Like it shows them that they're allowed to prioritize what's important to them instead of being like, you're right. I should just wake up. And you know, like I have a daughter who goes to early morning seminary and she's like, I really miss you in the morning. So I don't see you because you're at the gym. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you later. (laughs) Like there wasn't going to be me like reframing my day so that way I could be there while she leaves. And no, I know it's so know easy some, to use mother guilt. Like I'm responsible for oh, all happiness and I should yeah. be there for every moment. So easy to let that. Right. And I know there's probably some moms listening who are like, you really should be there when your daughter leaves for school every morning. And that's fine. That's fine. But this is the choice that I've made because I need to be able to have something for me. And I think that is what is so incredible about the whole thing. And the beautiful thing is like your daughter might not appreciate that right now, but this like makes me want to cry. But when she's a mom, like how, what an amazing gift that you've given her to know, like she can still show up for herself and take care of herself. And she doesn't need to feel ashamed of that. Like she doesn't need to, you know, I, I have, we'll just say people in my life, you know, that have told me like, I, as a mom, I've never had any, I never had any hobbies, like as like a badge of honor kind of thing. And, and it makes you, and I've always been like, well, that's really sad for you. Like, and that's, unless that fulfilled you, like, then that's, then that's great. And, but, but oh. it is going to look different for all of us. And I don't know, we were just doing a, a zoom call with our clients today. And, um, uh, Lindy Bernard, she's, um, a licensed clinical social worker. She comes in and does zoom calls with our, with our clients, like once a month. And today was on resiliency and she just referenced Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I was just looking at it and it's, you know, physiological needs, like, um, shelter. And then the next one up is safety. And then the next one up is, is social needs. And I think, especially like that one really hit me because as a mom, like that always is last on my list, my social needs. Right. And it's, and, and with the, most of the people we work with are working moms. So like there really isn't a busier population of people, right. Than like a working mom, Um, especially with what's going on in our heads all the time. And so it's really easy, I think for women, moms, working moms to make that their social needs, like last on their list, like not even on the radar. Um, but it's third, it's like third on the pyramid of, of what, uh, 
helps us thrive as humans. And so it just made me think about how, like how important it is. Connection is so important. Um, but also, you know, your fitness, like that's like basic, like taking care of your health. Like that's something that yes. you should never feel bad about. Oh, but- totally. But like grounding yourself in your physical body, feeling safe yes. in your body, like this huge thing yeah. your body, like that connection. I think for me, like weightlifting, like what, what better way to feel like connected to your body and feel your strength. Um, so I just, I, you know, whether or not like competing at the CrossFit games is something you want to do, or just make getting a 30 minute workout in your garage. Like if you are worthy of that time and you're, you're going to only inspire your kids by doing that. Totally. And I think when you also make yourself a priority, you give them permission to make themselves a priority instead of being like, I think we think like, oh, it's so selfless, but it's like, do you really want to raise a bunch of kids who are pushovers and can be walked all over Mm -hmm. and do everything for everyone else and meet the needs of everyone else before their own Yeah, or put, or like put their, I remember, you know, my son received like a bag of cookies and like my other kids wanted them. And I'm like, Hey, why don't you share? He's like, I don't want to share. (laughs) These are mine. I remember I, it kind of threw me off a little bit. Cause I'm like, gosh, like you have like four cookies in that bag. Like you can't share like one or two with your siblings. And then I'm like, I shouldn't make him. They are his cookies. He's allowed to be like, no, these are mine. Mm. I want to eat them. And I think it's the same thing for us. It's like, if we make ourselves and our feelings a priority, we model that for them too. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to not give everything of yourself and leave nothing left for yourself, which is well, what we totally yeah. raised to think, right? Or, or believe. Yeah, totally. If you like zoom out, if we like looked at this story of yours as like an allegory of like, of knowing yourself and clarity around goals. It's so interesting that like, you know, you knew what you wanted. You knew it was going to be hard. You knew there were things that you were going to, you know, having kids was going to create different, a different trajectory. Right. And it's so easy to take that step forward of like, Hey, I'm going to have this child. And it's so easy to walk backwards and be like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Let me compare myself. Like, let me think about all the reasons, you know, all the things I'm not, but like, then you still have to go that distance again, right. Of like, and then, then move past that to make progress. Whereas like it, where when you have that clarity of like, no, I, I know what this means. I'm choosing it intentionally. Then that just builds so much confidence in, in your own opinions when you stick to it, instead of just rethinking it and staying stuck in that spin of like, is this the right choice? Do I really need this? What about it affecting other people? Oh no, I'm responsible for all of it. When it's like, no, caring about how you, how you feel, making sure that your cup is filled, filled so that you can then also be grounded and share that with, with others and support your support other people because you're self-supported, right? It's just such a, it's such a different place to come from. Um, but I think at least what was modeled for me in terms of motherhood was just this like run after everybody and make sure everything is all taken care of and clean floors. And I mean, it's like, even when you were telling your story about taking your kids to the gym, I was like that well, those were the years where all I cared about was having a clean floor. That was like what I, you should see my house half the time. Like, <laughs> Well, that's the thing, but that's, that's what you, that's part of the trade-off, right? Yeah. You can drive yourself crazy trying to be perfect, or you can realize like, okay, what's, what's most important to me? What can I outsource? And what can I just like, let go of? Um, and so I'm, I'm not perfect. And I, I definitely don't claim to be. So when I am like 
you know, when I was excelling maybe in my CrossFit career or now, like when I'm giving a lot of time to my work, um, there's things that I have to delegate and there's things that I have to let go of and there's sacrifices I have to make. And there's no like such thing as perfect balance. Sometimes, you know, it's always shifting. Like, I feel like if I'm spending a lot of time with work and I feel like, Oh gosh, I haven't really prioritized like the connection with my kids right now. Like, I feel like that's kind of getting lower. Like we're so busy with all these activities and stuff that, so then it's like, okay, how can I, how can I shift that? Like, how can I maybe scale back a little bit? And it's like, you're always giving, it's an ebb and flow always, but to just be like, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't work anymore. Like, right. It's making me disconnected from my kids. I shouldn't do it. (laughs) Which that's not it. (laughs) Like, I think it's just, and, and we're not perfect. We're doing our best with what we have, but like, I think the big piece there is coming back to yourself, like often and like checking in how, like, what's, what do I value the most? You know, what do I value the most in life? Like the top three or four things and how am I showing up in those areas? And like, what could I do to, you know, feel like if one of them's really lacking, like how can I pivot and adapt? But, um, not comparing yourself to other people too, because if I compared myself to other people, who's like, maybe their top value was a clean, perfect house, then I would feel like a failure, right. uh, but we're living different lives. So it's just coming back in your lane, like with CrossFit or with life and not comparing to other people, but also not comparing to your past self. Like I have different priorities now with helping women and with, with my work where my athletic endeavors, like I'm just working out to feel my best right now. Right. Focusing on what you have instead of having, thinking you can do all the things. I mean, like an acronym for shame is like, should have already mastered everything. Right. But if you're looking at like you, the intentional choices that you're making and the trade-offs and like, and taking all of it and focusing again, reframing on how full your cup is. Right. And I also, I love that. It's like, you know, your story has proven like you really can have it all, just maybe not all at once, or maybe not in the order you believe that you think you want it in, but it still gets accomplished at the end of the day. Yes. Like the fact that you were able to have three babies and still podium first place just proves that like sometimes the trajectory is not what you think it is, but as long as you like keep yourself a priority and put yourself in that top three, right? Yeah. Or operate from what are my top threes, not like what I think that they're supposed to be. Yeah. Really makes a difference. Cause well, if you if you really say to yourself like I mean, if try saying it to yourself, like, I'm not a priority. Like, how does that feel like oh, to totally. you? But when you say like, I'm a priority, what are my needs? Then you're so much more free to meet the needs of others. And yeah. it's like, kind of like what you're saying about coaching. Like we've probably been more sedentary. <laughs> so like We always say like our fitness <laughs> lifestyle is almost non-existent because we're, we are, we're in a space with you, like helping other women. So yeah, we're definitely on our bums a lot more, but that's the sacrifice and the trade-off we want to like empower women to believe that they can also do these things. Right. Well, and maybe instead of thinking you can have it all, maybe the goal is just to get to the end of a long, healthy life and be like, I've had it all (laughs) cumulatively, you know? Right. And it's like different things, different. And, and I think you have to be willing to embrace different chapters too. Like right now, my passion is like you guys, like it's helping other women. And that means like, I'm not going to podium at the CrossFit yep. game next year, but I feel really fulfilled in what I'm doing whole, like overall, because I'm, that's where my passion is right now. Do, does it sound fun to compete and win? Like always, but I also, <laughs> I also know what that takes. And I don't like, that means if I were to train at that level to do that, like I would have to scale back 
in um, how I'm showing up as a mom and wife or how I'm showing up with my clients in work. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that right now. So I think it's all about choices too. And totally. And- no guilt. Like I'm not sad about not competing. I can watch others compete. And like, I love that. Um, I don't feel sad. And if I did, then that would probably mean like, okay, maybe I need to scale back and work so that I can give that what it takes. Oh my gosh. And like insert anything, any goal into what you just said, like take out compete and insert any freaking goal in there, including weight loss. And it's like, it does take time and energy. So plan your resources, emotional, physical, and otherwise like accordingly, because like, like, for example, we say this all the time in our program, like cutting calories, is not like an add on habit. Like, let me, let me on top of everything else I have going on. Let me also add this, you know, it's like we all, it does. You can have it all, just not all at the same time. And the seasons of your life really do have to feel good. It's like for everybody who's like, I don't want to live in California. You guys don't have seasons. It's like, sometimes I'm like, but that's maybe why we like California. (laughs) So it's like, everyone's got to honor where they're at and like be good with it. Cause that's what we pick. I'm looking at snow right now. So you guys are lucky. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Sorry. That might've been a little, a little close, too close to home there. Okay, Michaela North, tell everyone where to find you because You're I've just been so obsessed with this conversation. I love it. And thank yes. you so much for chatting with us. I feel fully good that I'm probably never going to stand on a CrossFit Games podium, but if I wanted to, I could. <laughs> Michaela said so. Yes. Plus, the swag looks real good now. Do we agree? <laughs> All that noble gear. You have to admit, when you see the swag, you're like, ooh, maybe I want to be in the games again. <laughs> just for the gift bag. Just for the gift bag. Like the running shoes I run in today, well, that either tells you that how little I run or um, I still am wearing the ones from the games. So <sighs> it's yes. time for a new set in like three years. Yeah. <laughs> in a few years, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can find me. I'm currently Hungry Fitness on Instagram. That might change in the future. We'll see, depending on like branding. Uh, like, I'll always keep Hungry Fitness, but that might shift more to the business page and I might do more of a personal one. We'll see to be determined. But Hungry Fitness now. And then website is hungryfitness.co. Um, if you are interested in one on one coaching or workout programming, or our next challenge will be in January. So, yes, thanks for letting me hang out with you guys. Oh, gosh, this is great. So fun. Oh, official. Love you. Love it so much. Thank you so much, Michaela. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 